You're listening to episode five of the STEM Space, where we talk about all of our favorite things to stock up on in your STEM classroom. Welcome to the STEM Space, hosted by Vivify co-founders Claire and Natasha, two aerospace engineers turned educators, sharing our passion for all things STEM. Check us out at vivifystem.com. Hey, Claire. Hey, Natasha. So I am getting really excited about this school year because, as you know, I have a new position. I will be teaching kindergarten through seventh grade STEM, specifically STEM only. So I'm really excited to set up my makerspace and get my classroom ready and get all my supplies together. And I know a lot of teachers have been talking about getting their room set up at this point too. And so I want to talk a little bit about what our favorite things are to stock up in a STEM lab. I am so excited for you to start this new position. And I'm also kind of overwhelmed for you because you're doing K through seventh grade, which is such a wide range. And that means you're going to need a lot of different materials that work for different ages. And so I'm curious to hear kind of your strategy and how you organize a STEM lab. You're going to be having from kindergarten, then first grade, they're going to be coming in seventh grade. Like you're going to have to rotate through a bunch of different supplies. And I know when I'm running my STEM programs, the first thing we always use are consumable supplies. So tape Mm. and taper, are those the same things you're going to have in your STEM lab? Yes. So I am going to have several bins that I keep stocked. I'm asking a lot of the parents and other teachers to contribute to. Of course, one of the big things is toilet paper tubes. That's like a favorite consumable, which surely we have a ton of them now after going through what we did this (laughs) spring. So yes, lots of consumables that include lots of cardboard, lots of different kinds of paper, index cards, craft sticks, Pipe cleaners are a huge one. I know we use those a lot for icebreaker activities as well as building supplies. I also like to use toothpicks. Um, You'll need lots of different ways to attach things. So I've seen a lot of really creative things that teachers do to even create a poster that shows kids different ways to attach things or ways that you can build things out of just cardboard by making slots or things like that too. So I want to make sure that Not only do we have consumables, but also show them how to use them. So I've had a lot of luck going to vendors and asking them to donate some of these consumable materials. So you can Mm -hmm. definitely ask parents um, in the beginning of the year to collect all the toilet paper rolls and paper products that they have at their house. But you can always go to your local grocery store. They often have cardboard boxes in the back with they don't know what to do with them. I've been to the local fast food restaurants. We have a thing called Waterburger here in Texas. And they're one of our (laughs) best burgers. I will cite anybody. Um, (laughs) So we have a place called Waterburger and they are one of our biggest donators. And we get their fry boxes and their chicken tender boxes. And they are the perfect building supplies for these uh, consumable type challenges. That's amazing. I'm definitely going to go to Whataburger and ask them because I didn't think of that. I also like to use a lot of plastic bottles. You know, those are recyclable. So if you think any kind of recyclable materials, those are really great for any kind of engineering design challenges, as well as newspaper. That's a big one too, because a lot of people just get rid of those or throw them away. So I want to make sure that people have that on their radar, that we can go through them and use them a lot for our challenges. 
So yes, construction materials that are consumable are must-haves for my STEM lab, but also I want to make sure that we have a lot of things that we aren't going to be throwing away that we stock up on for constructing. So of course the favorite ones are Lego. I'm going to have a Lego wall so kids can actually build things or design prototypes and it will be on the wall that I hang up on and there's these base plates that you can buy for Lego that have an adhesive back already on them so you can just stick them onto whatever surface and then I'm going to make it so this panel can actually come off the wall and we can move it onto a table for challenges too and so I'll be designing a lot of ways where kids can do critical thinking challenges with Legos before we actually construct with the consumable materials. So aside from Legos, I have other favorites, including magnetiles. I know my kids love using those. You can also attach a lot of science concepts when you're talking about magnets, as well as connects and Kiva planks. Have you used them? I have not. So they're really cool because they actually come with a bunch of activity ideas where you can have the kids create different shapes or design different types of bridges that are on these cards that come like task cards that come with them. So they are fantastic to play around with and kids figure out how to build structures that are strong enough or stable because they're all the same size. And so they can figure out, you know, what works best when you balance it in the middle or when you balance it on these edges, how many supports do you need? So those are really great things. Have you used any others in your programming? So one of my favorite construction materials that I happened upon are these things called zoops. And they have a different type of connectors where Legos are these little building blocks. The zoops have a ball and socket joint. And so oh. it can rotate and you can do some really fun creations. We use them a lot uh, during a STEM family night where we give them task cards, just like you mentioned. We tell them, build something that looks like an animal, build something that rolls construct a bridge and because it has this uh, flexible joint you can make some pretty creative designs which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Y'all definitely have to check those out. So those are things that were kind of fit into a makerspace or tools that you can use for engineering design challenges. What other things do you like to have in your STEM programming that you think I should stock up on? All right, my number one tool that I always recommend for a STEM program is the Pitsco Straw Rocket Launcher. I have been using it now for seven years. We have some that have lasted about that time, um, but they are amazing. So a lot of times we wanna do rockets in our program. I run mm -hmm. a space club, I need to have rockets. And I used to do the paper and straw rocket where you blow through a straw, right? and you can yes. launch a little paper rocket. But it was difficult to measure the accuracy. It depends on the lung strength of your kids, right? How much they mm -hmm. tilt their head. So this is an air rocket launcher, but you can keep control of the thrust level, so the amount of air pressure you're putting into the rocket, as well as the angle. And there's so many science and math connections you can make. We use them at every STEM family night, hold competitions in our space club program, and there's just so many extensions. I've used this from kindergarten all the way through adults. I love it. Yeah, those are great to learn about variables. And so they can practice their engineering design in a more structured way. So exactly. yeah, definitely awesome. So what about robotics and coding? Do you have any favorites there? Yes. One of the beginner 
coding tools that we use is called the Makey Makey. And this is something that you can just plug into any computer. It has a USB uh, drive that you plug in. And it basically takes over your keyboard. And you can use any material that's conductive. They love to advertise bananas. So you can make a banana <laughs> keyboard. Uh, you can use aluminum foil, Play-Doh. Play and you can play different video games. So I have the students create this controller out of different con uh, conductive materials. And the coding comes in because we connect it to different video games that they code. So you can use the Scratch program. And there's also Scratch Junior for younger kids that can interact with the Makey Makey. So that's one fun way where it's not just on the computer, but it's this interactive way using different materials. You can make a keyboard that you actually step on. You can make different devices, alarms. There's so many possibilities. That is so cool. So we're getting up into things that kind of cost a, a little bit of money. And so, of course, you know, you can try to write grants for these kinds of things. How many kits of, how many Makey Makeys would you buy for a classroom of, say, 20 kids? One way to use these tools is you could have them as stations. So you could have a Makey Makey mm. station. So if you only can afford three or four, then it could just be a station in your room. If you're wanting your whole class to use the Makey Makeys, I would not do more than three students per kit because someone's going to be left out if you get much bigger than that. Mm. And it's, it's important for them to all engage and have a chance to use the technology. So ideal is partners up to three is what I would recommend for the Makey Makey. Awesome. And that probably goes for most of the coding or robotics things too, right? So I know another robot that I plan on stocking up on because I have several of them. They're my favorite. I think they're, they might be your favorite too. And we're going to talk more about them in a later show because I think we could talk all day about, about them. And I'm, of course, referring to Spiro Robotics. So we'll Ooh. talk more about that later, but um, I'll definitely be having lots of Spiro products in my classroom because they're amazing. Are there any other robotics things that you would recommend? Yeah, something to keep in mind with robotics there's the robotics competition. So if you're going to be doing first Lego league, you're going to have to use the Lego Mindstorm kit. If you're going to be doing Vex robotics, they have a special kit as well. So that's something to think about. If you're going to purchase robotics kits, how are you going to use them? Are they just in your classroom? Are you developing content curriculum or is it part of a bigger competition? In my mm -hmm. program, we like to have fun with these robots. I design different challenges for the students. I want a way for them to have an introduction to coding. And that's why I really like Spiro because it comes in one little robot. There's not a million pieces like the Lego Mindstorm. You have to build all these elaborate parts and you lose them and you have to have these big setups to contain all the different parts. <laughs> Same with Vex Robotics. There was a big learning curve for those kits. I use them in middle school on how to create the gears and to screw everything together. It was just a lot. And I didn't want the kids to get so distracted by the building. I wanted them to focus more on the coding aspect. And that's why I really like Spiro. So again, the type of robot you get will probably be dictated by price, how you're going to use it, and what the goals you are, what goals you have for that robot, whether it's focusing on the coding or if you want to do more about the building side. That's great. That's a really good perspective. I know that I'm inheriting some B-Bots as well for my classroom. So I'm really looking forward to using those with the younger kids. 
And they also come with these mats that will be really useful in helping kids figure out like how to navigate a maze, which I know you can do that with Spiros as well. And you can also tie in a lot of other things, not just coding or basics of programming, because I think with the B-Bots, they just press the arrows and figure out, okay, I need to get to this point. So how many arrows that I want to press that go this way? And it's really basic, but you can also put other things in there as well. So not just coding, but you can have them go to a sight word or concepts like that. So I'm really excited about using the B-Bots for uh, my coding in my classroom with my little kids. Yeah, that's awesome. So are you planning on having a 3D printer in your STEM lab? Oh, I would love to have one, but honestly, I've never used one, so I don't know where to start. What do you recommend? I have a love-hate relationship with 3D printers. I feel like this could be its own show on <laughs> the reasons to get a 3D printer and the reasons to not get a 3D printer. <laughs> I've been through about, um, I think, eight different printers. What? Yeah. <laughs> and so when we first bought our printer, it was super cheap and it didn't work and it was just a waste of time. And so then we ended up, my favorite printer I can tell you is the Flash Forge Creator Pro, which runs when I bought it, it was about $800. It's definitely worth investing in a 3D printer if you have a solid plan on how to use it. If you're going to have a hundred kids and you're wanting them all to print something, you need to know that it will take 30 minutes to two hours per print. Whoa. That's a lot of time. So I have spent many holidays with my 3D printer at home printing designs because of how much time it takes and management. So it's not going to print perfect every time. You're going to have to clean out the extruder. You have to scrape off failed prints. Mm. There's other softwares you need. So I don't want to scare people away from 3D printers. But I also want to caution new teachers in STEM that you don't have to have a 3D printer to have a STEM lab. It's something cool and flashy that a lot of donors like to see. Principals want to see you have this cool 3D printer. A lot of the schools that I work with have one in the library and they never get used because mm. they're so time consuming. You need special skills, um, background to understand how it works, how to maintain it. If you're willing to put the time and effort in, go for it. And I'm happy to do another show all about 3D printers, but that's my, that's my perspective. We'll have people email you with all their questions. Sounds good. Um, so if you don't get a 3D printer, is it still worth going through the steps and teaching kids how to do design, like with say Tinkercad? Yeah, that's a great point. And that's the skill you're getting out of the 3D printer is the process to develop that design, to get that spatial awareness through Tinkercad. And you can actually use Tinkercad with Merge. We just figured this out recently, right? You wanna mm -hmm. talk about that? Yeah, so I've never done this, but I am so excited to try it out with Merge Cube. And that's another one of my favorite things that I'm definitely gonna stock up on in my STEM lab, is Merge Cube is created by this company that is like this, um, what would you say it's called? It's like a foam, almost like a stress ball, but it's yeah. a cube. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a augmented reality device where you use your smart phone or tablet and you point it at the Merge Cube using their app and you can make it come alive to different things. So it can show you things like the solar system. It looks like you're holding the solar system in your hand and brings like anatomy to life. You can do 
there's several different apps that you can use like dig where you can excavate things. I know my kids at home love excavating dinosaur bones with the merge cube. And so what you can also do is apparently you can take a design in Tinkercad and actually transfer it onto the merge cube and be able to rotate it and look at it in a 3D way, which is amazing. And you don't have to spend hours printing it, yes. <laughs> which is even better. That's awesome. I'm really excited to try it. And so to answer your question, I don't think you need a 3D printer to get those same skills. It's cool for students to see that final product that they've created but something like the Merge Cube could be this perfect replacement in a very affordable way with a lot less stress and time on your end. Yes, that's awesome. Speaking of augmented reality or virtual reality, do you ever use that in your program? Yes, we mostly use them during family nights. We think it's a really fun way to get parents involved. We have bought Google Cardboard as a really cheap tool to do uh, virtual reality. So there are these cardboard devices that you put on your face and you put your phone inside and it takes you into space or it takes you inside of the human body. All these really cool virtual experiences. The most one's probably the roller coaster. So you feel like you're <laughs> riding a roller coaster. We make sure everybody's sitting down <laughs> when you try yeah. this. But you can do a lot of career connections here, especially with the space theme where you can watch a rocket launch and then they can talk about the career connections related to what they just experienced. So I definitely love using virtual reality with augmented reality. And that reminds me, we haven't really talked about digital devices. So yes. a lot of this stuff is using computers, iPads, smartphones. And so that's something to also think about when you're putting together your budget is how are you gonna get online? There's a lot of cool things with coding that you can do. I personally use Google Chromebooks and iPads in my program, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of different technologies out there. So when doing augmented reality with iPads, especially, we use this cool app called Quiver. Have you used it? Yes, it's so fun. It's perfect for elementary, another great family engagement activity. The students will color something. Again, it could be a rocket ship. It could be parts of a cell. There's so many different designs they have on their website. A lot of them are free. So after they've completed their drawing, you can use the camera on the iPad through the Quiver app and it brings their drawing to life. So all of a sudden they see their rocket taking off or if you're doing one of the science coloring sheets that they use, you can do different trivia games. So you can figure out what are the different parts of the cell. It'll actually quiz you and give you more content. That is so fun. I know I've used it for Pi Day. They have a free Pi Day drawing that you can do that's really cool. So yeah, the Quiver app, that's a great free one to do augmented reality. All right, so to wrap up, I think we gave teachers a great starting point from consumable materials to construction materials like the Zoobs or Legos, all the way to robotics, Makey Makeys, my favorite being the straw rocket launcher. And I would say the last thing is decorations. You've got to make a STEM lab feel like a STEM lab. So Claire, how are you decorating your STEM lab? Well, my big thing is bulletin boards. I love to decorate bulletin boards. So I've already made one that has the engineering design process on it. My STEM lab is going to be space themed. Big surprise. Of course. But that gets kids really excited when they come in and they see all these planets and stars. And so I took that and made a bulletin board 
that has the engineering design process and all of the steps are planets that's revolving around the sun that's labeled engineering design process. So hopefully that will help them kind of visualize what to do. And it's this circular pattern of designing and testing and improving it, and redesigning. So that's what I started with. And then I bought this rug that has the planets on it. Uh, that's very accurate. It was really hard to find accurate space decor where it has like the asteroid belt and it shows that not just the earth has a moon. And cool. it, yeah, so it's really great. I found it at Walmart actually. I'll, I'll drop a link to it. It's awesome. So I'll definitely be posting more about my classroom as I set up my makerspace as well. And I'll be posting that on social media so y'all can follow along and give me suggestions on what you love to do to decorate your classroom too. And I'm so excited to see the final result. I know you've been putting a lot of time into planning it out and I'm sure the kids are going to be so excited to go back in the fall and just come into your space and be ready to use all these awesome tools that we talked about. So we'll definitely drop the links of everything we mentioned to help you get started in planning your STEM lab. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon.